Welcome to Beyond the Breakwater, where just beyond the crashing waves of fear, discomfort, and doubt lies the greatest potential for life transformation. We want to guide you into the open waters where the calculated risk you take becomes the turning point for you or your organization to thrive. So drop your anchors and prepare for departure in this week's episode of Beyond the Breakwater. Welcome, everybody. We're really glad you're here today for the podcast, Beyond the Breakwater. It's always fun to get together with you, Lindsay, and talk about things of faith and things of going beyond that breakwater, which we've talked about in so many different podcasts. And I know we're going to continue this journey today. Welcome. Wow. Ed, you did so good. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Ed's taken over my job as starting the podcast. We were like, we do the same thing every single time. So he did it and nailed it. And here we are. But it's great to be here with you. It's a lot of fun doing this. So today we're going to, I'm just going to keep going if you don't mind. Yep. So today what we're going to talk about for our listeners is that uh, if you tuned in last week, which I think I'd encourage everybody to tune in because we talked about faith and we didn't want to go to the fear factor because I think fear and faith really are like two sides of a coin. We focused heavily on the faith side of it, about what does it take for a church to go beyond the breakwater. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to go a little bit further on this because what do you do when the church has faith? to move beyond the breakwater, but now there's the fear kicks in and resistance. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't mind it, I'd like to kind of start talking about that. And uh, we're going to jump right in uh, to Hebrews, but do you have something to share? (laughs) No, you nailed it. Again, keep going. Well, then I'm going to go right into Hebrews 11. So we read this last week, but I think the last part of it, we're going to read the the end and Mm -hmm. then we're going to move on, okay? Yep. So, and what more shall I say? This is Hebrews 11. I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Sounds like the church of today, doesn't it? Something like that. Well, <laughs> I know, I know. No. That's facetious. But here's what I mean by that. Churches today aren't facing any of this in America. Right. None right. of it. And if this is what we read in Hebrews 11, that they were commended for, that's, mm-hmm. how, they, that's how it starts out. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we go back to the very first part of, of Hebrews 11, it says, by faith we understand that the universe... Oh, I'm sorry. We got to go back a verse. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Mm -hmm. They were commended for this kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. They were commended because their faith produced actions. Their actions didn't turn out so well. And some of them were tortured. Some of them struggled. Some were sawn in too. I mean, sometimes I think about that verse. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine being on a table and saying, I believe in Jesus and somebody sawing me in two while I'm alive. (laughs) That is just beyond my wildest comprehension. 
Mm-hmm. And then when we encourage churches, can you just try something new in your community? Mm-hmm. And they freak out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we can't do that. You know, we don't know how to do it. We don't have the money, yeah. you know. Maybe talk about a little bit like the what is we're talking about, like challenging churches to do, because I think in my like church brain of like being raised in in the church, it has always been the challenge of like, you need to go evangelize and like go to the mall and talk to 50 people. Like, is that what we're talking about by faith? But what are some things by faith that we're challenging churches to do? Thanks for grounding us, Lindsay. If God's calling you to go to the mall and preach, that's what you ought to do. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine uh, just a few will go. What is the church calling? What is God calling the church to do in every community? And I think we have to really start there. But I really want this podcast to focus on what do you do when the leaders in the church are resisting when, let's just say, there's discernment going on. We talked about that last week. Mm -hmm. There's discernment of God wanting us to move beyond. There's discernment about God wanting us to do something in the community in order to reach one more life with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now you get all of this resistance. Mm-hmm. And and how does a, a leader in the church um, move forward? What if the pastor's on board? What if he's not on board? Mm-hmm. And we we experience this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we host this experience, and this would just be good for everybody to know. Um, almost every month now, we've been offering an experience at the church where people can come and see what we're doing in our community ministries and have a chance for us to just teach them about everything that we've been learning. And sometimes uh, the pastors won't come. Sometimes we have the leadership come, and then they always talk to us and say, well, you know, i got to go back and have a conversation with my pastor, but he's not going to want to do this. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? In fact, we got an email from a listener who just recently told us, you know, what am I supposed to do when my pastor's not on board with moving the church into the community and going down the breakwater? Mm. So that's kind of what I want to chat just a little bit about. Mm-hmm. What would your comment or question be about it? I mean, I, my question right now is just like, I wonder why the pastor had sent those like lay leaders or board members or elders. Like, why would the pastor send them anyways? Like, what was the hope to get from that? Well, I would think that when somebody in the church said, I've been listening to this podcast, because that's actually what some have been doing, yeah, and then went to the pastor and said, you know, would you like to go? I'd like to go. And the pastor said, no, I don't want to go, but you go. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking that he's hoping it's just going to go away. Mm-hmm. But when they come back and they're fired up and they're like, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. We should do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is what we're starting to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had talked to somebody not too long ago. What was that yeah. experience that you had? Yeah. So I had been catching up with a friend who works at a church and she had said, like, I, I've listened to a couple of the podcast episodes and they were great, but I just stopped listening because it just made me really discontent with the church that I'm in and had kind of just debriefed some things of like there being resistance and like the church will never do that. Like everything we're doing is just meaningless and it just made me really unhappy knowing that like our church wasn't fulfilling its purpose. And so it's easier to kind of tune things out because then you can live into a little bit more of like, okay, my job might have meaning. Yeah. I think we're starting to experience and, and I'm really hopeful that who's ever listened to this today, if they haven't had this, they will. Mm-hmm. 
and we can maybe help coach through some things that they might want to do. Um, but we're working with somebody else who's going around from church to church and trying to help other churches mm-hmm. uh, be a part of this. And the resistance is really starting. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're doing is, is by the podcast, we're starting to unsettle a lot of people that used to be very content in the harbor. Great band, great worship, great everything. And they've been very content there. And I think we're starting to take them, at least through the podcast, Beyond the Breakwater, and then bringing them back. And they're starting to long mm-hmm. for more. Yeah. And that's I, a good thing. Yes. And I don't think those things are bad either. Like great worship, great message, great wonderful. community. It, it is wonderful. And I think the challenge is now like, okay, mobilize it or use it as a launching pad to then go into the community. And so I think if I could share too, just in this group that we had most recently, um, probably about a month ago, um, one of the the people who had come from a, a town um, a few hours away had said, like, to be honest, like, I don't even know a single need that our community has. And so, as I said, like, it's the worship experience is not bad, but it's just taking the church a step further to say, wow, can we listen to our community and understand how we can have a local impact as the church? Because if your church doors close today and the community had nothing to say about it, like, would the, would the community even know? What boy, impact are you having there? Boy, that's a really compelling question. Let's unpack that just a little bit more. If the church is for the believers and has great worship, great ministry, great everything, fabulous church, and then closed, who would miss it? The church. Mm-hmm. The church would miss the church. Would the community miss the church? And I think that's one of those things that maybe every person who's in a church should stop and ask the question, if we close, would anybody care? Mm -hmm. Because if the church is not making any impact in the community Mm -hmm. at all and helping to serve the community, and then if the church just vanished, um, people would say, hmm, church closed. Mm -hmm. I wonder what's going to go in there now. And we've had this in our community. There's a a prominent church that actually just took new ownership. And it's kind of strange when you drive by there and it's no longer a church. It's being used for something completely different. And you're like, what happened? They're right in the heart of town. What happened? And I think I know. They lost their mission. Mm -hmm. Because if a church loses its mission, then the only one who really care that it closed are the people that are inside. I don't know if you have an answer to this question, but why should the community miss the church if it closed if the community wasn't ever part of it or in it? Well, I see the community as the church. Okay, now, let me explain that. That's kind of a different idea. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see just our local believers who are coming to our local church as the church. I view the community as the church. Explain that more. We serve them. When they have need, we care for them. We care for them with transportation needs. We care for them... Um, with community needs. We care for them by a cup of coffee when they come to journeys. Uh, We care for them when high schoolers come down and play ping pong at lunchtime. We're caring for them and we care for them. Anybody who's in any of our care, I consider part of the church that we are going to care for. Mm -hmm. So our church has rapidly moved into the community. And I know some people might be like, Ed, I really disagree how you're using that word church. You know, are they believers? 
Um, mm. Believers or not, I don't know who's a believer and who's not. I'm going to love every person the same. And so when we get a chance to interact with anybody in the community for any reason, we're going to love them as though they are the church that we are to serve. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it as church and community. I see mm-hmm. the community as part of the church. So if they're part of the church, then let's serve the whole community. Mm-hmm. And I think the more th- and the deeper that we get into the community and serve the community, some come be a part of our local fellowship and some come to hear the word of God. Um, others won't. Others might be part of another local church. Some may not ever go to church. But none of that really matters because we're called to go. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus said, right? Mm-hmm. Go make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. And he said, start in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and Acts. So we're to start right in our own communities. But the Gospels are filled with Jesus sending, always sending. But I don't think they treated others as outsiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well said. So can you speak to the listener who asked the question then of as they're encountering resistance with the board and with their pastor of like he, the the listener had come to this experience, had seen the ministries and was like, wow, I wish that like our church could serve our community in this way, could start asking questions to understand like even just one need that the community has. Now bringing that back to the church and the pastor being a little bit resistant, the, the board being resistant, how can he continue to push the church? I think that's another really good question. I think this is why we're doing this podcast. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to go to the church. Mm-hmm. It's not feasible for us to go to every church. It's just not. Mm-hmm. But And it's not even feasible for every church to come and see what we're doing. But I think what we're trying to do with these podcasts is make a tool available so that everybody can go, let me hear more. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to hear more. And then maybe that'll incline them to say, I want to see more and check check it out more. Maybe they would come up and experience um, what we do beyond the breakwater, experience, so that they can actually be a part of it, hear the teaching, hear the principles, go and actually see it in action, and then take those ideas back to their local church. So for the resistance, when resistance happens, um, I think one step is to encourage everybody to, one, look at the Bible. Go back and read the Bible. Maybe Mm -hmm. between meetings, have the board go back and say, find examples of how they were sent. Hmm. And let them maybe do a little homework to find out why. I found a lot of things in the Bible that they were sent. Mm -hmm. Okay, now ask, how are we being sent? Mm-hmm. And then maybe give another example for the next month. I want to set everybody loose to come back with at least one or two. Ask somebody, what, is, what are the unmet needs in our community? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at a restaurant this morning. Our elders met. Um, they meet at 6.30 in the morning for breakfast. Most people are sleeping still. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we did. We asked the, the waitress. Her name is Deb. You know, Deb, what can we pray for today? And she asked us to pray for her health. Mm. And so we did. One of the elders led us in prayer, and we prayed for Deb. But we just wanted to pray for her. See, that's just going into the community how you normally would mm-hmm. and finding out what are the needs and caring for somebody. And here we discovered somebody that has a need for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also that is key, just the question that you're asking of, as you go back to the scriptures, like to ask how did Jesus send people or who was sent? How many people were sent? What were they sent to do? Because I think we can, how we 
perceive scripture or the lens that we're reading it through informs how we do ministry. Yes, I would agree with you. And I think so often we see the the Bible as gathering. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where we got that. Yes. And it's not either or, but Mm -hmm. it almost seems like I hear a lot of people say, well, the the Bible talks about gathering together. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Acts chapter 2. They were gathering together in people's homes. They were breaking bread together. Or do not forsake gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so there's a gathering component. Mm -hmm. But show me, well, I'm sure you could show me, but I want you to think about how many people in the Bible in Hebrews 11, they were all sent on some mission Mm -hmm. to go do, um, to go somewhere. And, uh, And I think one of my favorite. Um, and, and I'd really like to look at this today as we look at our scriptures, uh, goes to Numbers chapter 13. And that may be kind of one of those, what? Numbers 13? Can anything good be in Numbers 13? <laughs> it's all about numbers. And yes, it is one of the greatest stories. It's when the Israelites left Egypt and they go through the wilderness and they meet God at the mountain mm-hmm. and then they get right to the land of Canaan. And they were they were instructed to go in and then to come back out. Mm-hmm. So I think this really is like churches. And, I, and I'll tell you why in a second here. So the 10 or the 12, mm-hmm. they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. I wish they would have stopped. Mm. Next word. Yeah, what's next? But. Uh (laughs) The people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Now that sounds like a church meeting. Mm. Hmm. Well, how about we do something for the community? That would be great. Mm. But. But. And here we go. Here comes all the reasons why we shouldn't be doing this. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. So one person spoke up and said, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But, love that word, but the men who'd gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. That was a lie. All the people we saw there are of great size. All? Mm. Or some. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. You know, this is where sometimes when somebody in the church has a great idea that they really believe God wants to call the church or the pastor has an idea, let's go into the community. And then you hear the but. And then did you catch that one part about they started to spread rumors, Mm. bad reports, Mm -hmm. rumors? That when people disagree with doing something in the community that the church should go beyond a breakwater and do something, then they start spreading bad reports about the pastor or about the board or about, can't believe they want to do this and we don't have the money for this. And and all of a sudden the church gets a bad report mm-hmm. and then the church does nothing. Yep. So it goes on, mm. next chapter. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. What happens when one person disagrees with going into the community to serve? 
What happens when one person says, we shouldn't go beyond the breakwater. We could drown out there. We could capsize out there. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to run out of fuel. You're going to get lost. And then somebody's going to come into our church. Is that who you want to bring back into our church? And all of a sudden they start spreading a bad report about all of that to all the others. Mm-hmm. And you come to the next board meeting. And everybody's living in a different world. That's not reality. Yeah. And maybe that expression, dead in the water, mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. We're dead in the water. We don't even want to get in the boat and go out because mm-hmm. that's what everybody did. Mm-hmm. So then they chose, they wanted to choose a leader to take them back to slavery. Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. amazing? Yeah. Slavery they thought was better. Yeah. Then following God into the promised land. But how quickly we forget. But here's we talked last week about faith. Yeah. Here's where faith comes in. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Mm. And do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. I love that. Mm-hmm. Because they said, if this is of the Lord, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. I wish churches would take just these two, and, and, and that would be a good thing for them to go back and read. Mm-hmm. Read those two chapters. Maybe at the next board meeting or at the next council meeting or at the next elders meeting, whatever the polity is in the church, to say, which one do we want to be? And you know the amazing thing? Remember those 10 mm-hmm. who had bad things to say? They lost their life. God was so displeased with them because they took the heart out of the entire community. Ten people mm-hmm. took the heart out of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Think about the power of one voice within the church yeah. that spreads rumors, starts speaking lies. Everybody's big, like we read. They're all that big. We can't do this. And then the church decides not to do it. And so here they are, sitting in the harbor, maybe out of fear, mm-hmm. or maybe it's because one person was dissenting. Yeah. So I think rather than focusing on like the fear of what could happen if you don't follow God, um, like you mentioned, like they all lost their lives. Right. And rather than looking at the things of like, this is scary, like look at what could be like of what God promised there of like, if it is of the Lord, like it will be amazing. Right. And so like dream up, like have some crazy, crazy wild dreams. Like we just had a bunch of interviews with uh, high schoolers and ask them like, if you could, if you had the keys to this building, like what would you want to use it for? Like this is where you could have absolutely wild dreams. Like nothing is out of, out of range. And just like the, the responses they had and just like the innocence too. like someone said, I would organize this giant like hide and go seek community wide party. Like we would have ping pong tournaments. We would have basketball tournaments. Great and idea. Yeah, it's great. Um, we were with Josh who does who actually produces this podcast. Um, but he was like, do a, we could have like a, a race car track in the back parking lot. And so it's like just dream up what that could be. There are no wrong answers. 
and not for the the like all the bells and whistles, but nothing is off limits of what God can do. Yeah. Churches should, well, I just wish they would dream a little. Mm-hmm. And you're right. But let's talk about God's dream for a minute. Mm-hmm. If we think about what God dreams about, it's saving somebody out of that water who's beyond the breakwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me share real quick though what some of the high schoolers said. Yeah. So in in the asking of like, okay, why is this important that you have a ping pong tournament or why why do hide and seek? Why do basketball? And they were like, well, we could play at the community center, but the church has something that the community center doesn't have. Mm. And they wanted to like introduce their friends to the pastors at Messiah, to the people that they knew has have been very like monumental in their faith journey is that they could come to a building and introduce people to Christ essentially. Wow. So these kids are going beyond the breakwater and mm-hmm. using a basketball or maybe a go-kart. If we talk yeah. about a racetrack in the back, which I really like, <laughs> but they're using other means in order to reach somebody their yes. own age with Christ. They recognized that like there are people out there who needed Jesus who wouldn't walk into the doors of a church, but they knew that they needed to introduce them to people that that it could be a safe place for them to do that. So from a kid's perspective, a ping pong tournament would give an opportunity for them to meet somebody mm-hmm. so that maybe they might be introduced to Jesus in that way by right. somebody who was meaningful in their life. Mm-hmm. See, those are the dreams. Mm-hmm. And those are amazing dreams. And this is where, boy, if I could speak into church lives and church boards... This is not a game. There's consequences of this. The consequences are is that somebody beyond the breakwater is never going to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay, I think that's at the heart of this. I wonder how many of us in this world really believe that there's a hell. Because if we don't believe that there's a hell, then why would we go beyond the breakwater? Mm-hmm. But if we really take this to heart... That at the end of our life, those who believe in Christ are going to heaven. They're the only ones going to heaven. The Bible is not universalist that says, believe anything you want to and you're going to get to heaven. I mean, Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. So if we really take that to heart, that it's about a relationship with Jesus, then there's a whole lot of people in our communities who aren't there. Mm-hmm. And that should spur the church to say, This is our singular and primary focus is to go beyond a breakwater, to do everything that we can, to rescue one, to bring them back into the fold, to worship God, to grow up, to be a disciple, to go back beyond the breakwater, to rescue someone else, to bring them back. Mm -hmm. And church council meetings, imagine how they would radically change if every time they got together that they were like, okay, what are we going to be doing now Mm -hmm. to reach one more life with Jesus? Right. And like I said, like nothing is off limits for God. I've just been reminded of that recently with just like visions and dreams and like knowing that like God uses those things and God gives us desires and he gives us dreams. And so I think we can ask like, okay, what what is the purpose of a church doing a ping pong tournament or what's the purpose of a church with a grocery store or with an auto garage or a healthcare clinic? Why? But it's if we're not doing those things, like what is the church currently doing 
that's working to win those over for the sake of the kingdom of God. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's not. Let's let's reduce this down a little bit more because some churches may be like, well, we can't do a grocery store. We can't do a car clinic. We can't do that. We can't do a medical clinic. Well, there's something that we do on Wednesdays, which is so much fun at Messiah. We call it Wonderful Wednesdays, and we partner with the local public schools, and they bus kids over to the church after school on Wednesday for like a almost like a time of camp. Mm-hmm. Some are in cooking, some are in sports, some are in arts and crafts, mm-hmm. doing all these activities. And then all these kids at five o'clock come into the worship center and they hear about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the reason why the public school partners with us on this is because they know on Thursday the kids are going to come in differently because they've got Jesus and they're walking in with Jesus and they recognize the difference that it makes. And I know we're really privileged to be able to partner with the public school system um, in doing this kind of a ministry, but some kind of a ministry by the local church for kids in the community that it doesn't require hardly any money. I mean, we provide some snacks for the kids. That's about it. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy ministry, easy meaning it doesn't take that much to pull it off. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a big cost, but the impact is changing kids' lives who may not know Jesus. Right. So what can that that lay person in the church or church member or somebody who it's not the, the decision maker, what can they do for the decision makers to kind of help move the direction of action? Yeah. Okay. I think that's, let's, uh, and that's like a a before you go kind of thing, but yeah. Okay. This is great. One, I would say, introduce them to the podcast and whether they start at number one, or they start wherever. It doesn't really matter. I think we've been trying to make these independent. Start wherever you want to. And if you've listened to one that you're like, I really want my pastor to hear this one, then go to your pastor, sit down with him and say, I want you to listen to this. Um, And then we'll go out for lunch and let's talk about it. Or let's go out for coffee. We'll talk about it. Or can I come over or you come over or we'll get together and we'll talk about this podcast because I want to know what your thoughts are on it. Um, That would be a step. A step for the whole council would be, let's go back and study the sending part of Jesus. We talked about that earlier, maybe two things that they could do. Um, Another one would be, um, go back into Numbers 13 and Numbers 14 and ask yourselves, what kind of church do we want to be? Do we want to be the the Joshua and Caleb church that says, God's leading, he's going to bless us, let's go for it? Or are you going to be the 10 who spread bad reports and took the heart right out of the church, and they wound up doing nothing, and it cost them their lives. And that would be a church that, why would God be there? Maybe that's for another podcast. But if a church doesn't want to follow Christ, what are they? What are they doing? They're going to sit in the harbor. For what? Nobody's getting saved. Nothing's happening. So I think we have to keep going back. Look in the Bible. Talk about the podcast. Talk about the scriptures as a council, as a board, and say, we need to do something, something. What is God calling us to do as a church to reach one more life with Jesus beyond the breakwater? I think that's really great. And I'll just add on a a last action step here too. say you have the attention of that pastor or council. And if they're 
is some opposition there or you just want to talk through anything, like I've mentioned this before, but you can reach out to us personally and we'll we'll respond. We'll jump on the phone with you. Just send us an email at hello at beyondthebreakwater.org. Um, and we'll have that conversation on your behalf too, or you just want to process through things. That would be one of the greatest joys that we could have. And I'd like to add one more, t- but we've had some great conversations yeah. on the phone with people who've been listening and then reach out to us. Mm-hmm. But we do host these experiences called Beyond the Breakwater. And I think people should take the time and maybe it's pastor, come with me. Mm-hmm. See, that's our discipleship. Three words, come mm-hmm. with me. Pastor, come with me. Disciple your pastor. Ask them to come with you so that they can experience this because I promise you they're going to go back and never be the same. Yeah. And one more thing. Just kidding. I don't have anything. <laughs> All right. We'll see everyone next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Breakwater, a podcast of Elevate Community Ministries. Don't let the conversation stop here. You can email us at hello at beyondthebreakwater.org. We would love to chat with you, answer questions, plan a visit, and help you take your next step. We'll see you next week.